Welcome to A Million Baptist Podcast, where we discuss church life, theological questions, and cultural influences. Our podcasts are available via Google, Spotify, Apple, and many other podcast platforms. We hope you subscribe and enjoy today's episode. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in, however you're choosing to do that, whether it be on one of the many uh, podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you're listening. We so greatly appreciate you checking in on these weekly roundtables. We have really enjoyed doing them as well as showing them on our YouTube channel at Amelia Baptist Church. And we see that those uh, subscribers are going up. So continue to subscribe and share that. We would greatly appreciate it. But thank you so much before we begin for all your prayers. Me and uh, my wife um, have just gotten over COVID. We were isolated in the house for a little over 10 days. I'm here with uh, Dylan Whitaker, and he was taking a lot of responsibilities here around the church and, and the round tables while I was gone. So I'm thankful to you to you know, wait, wait to do it on finals week. Too, <laughs> I know so. I did. I purposely got COVID on wonderful. finals week uh, just to bother you and upset you and test our friendship. Yes. Um, and th- it survived. Of, <laughs> it survived in case you were wondering. And so did we. And yes. speaking of tests, uh, everything's okay in my marriage after being isolated in the house for 10 days with all three of my children. Yeah. And uh, it was a sanctifying experience. But we did you are get some <laughs> quality family time. I did, actually. No, we really did. It, there's a lot of good to say about taking a, yeah. a pause, even though it was a bit forced and for everyone's health and safety. Uh, but we are blessed because they were very mild cases. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the weirdest thing was the loss of taste and smell that occurred at the very beginning. That was yeah. a little weird. And then the the hardest thing by far, because this was just a mild case, it's not one of the horror stories you hear, it really just mm-hmm. put us down, was the fatigue. Yeah. I mean, we would walk up the staircase and be like wiped, like it felt like three CrossFits, and you're just like, what is that? So that was about the only thing I could say about mm-hmm. it, and then we were pretty much over it, and then the respiratory was real light. So just thank you for that, and um, we don't want to talk about COVID no. <laughs> during the roundtable, but we do want to make mention of it. Uh, plenty to talk about. We have other YouTubes uh, or roundtables about that that you can check out, right. but today is actually a very special topic. We're talking about church membership. Right, and we're talking about, you know, there's different tiers or different levels of issues that are in church. You have, you know, tier one issues that are your salvation, yeah, Holy uh, Spirit, you know, Holy Spirit mm-hmm. issues um, that are kind of those non-negotiable issues that are very clearly put in in Scripture, and then you have lower tiers that. Uh, are implied inferred that we can, as we study the scriptures, we see, um, you know, a pattern of this in the scriptures of a way we can live. Mm -hmm. And today's issue is one of those issues that we want to talk about. Um, It's it's the issue of membership, church membership. Yeah, and I want to make sure that this is not a conversation we're starting with, um, do I need to be a Christian? Do I need to go to church to be a Christian? Right. It's past that. We're, we're inferring that you don't have to go to church to be a Christian and you don't have to talk to your wife to be married either. Um, bottom line is it's healthy. It's biblical. Uh, get to a local body of believers and serve, right? right? That's our just official position. It's not, we don't mean it means spiritedly. We just want to be faithful to what the Bible teaches. And we're going to have a poll later. <laughs> Where people can ask Amy Joe what she thinks about <laughs> yeah, the about, the, about the wife being, illustration. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but you are the church, and gathering locally right. is inferred in the Book of Acts. And if you have any questions, honestly, ask those because we can spend an entire other roundtable yeah. on on do I need to go to church and talking about that. But we're going to touch on some of those things mm-hmm. because we're moving into now. Here we get into a very cultural thing, a very evangelical Protestant thing of what happens when someone joins a church, and and is the Bible talk about this at all? And uh, what about people who come and serve and who are loved by the church and the church loves them? 
but they haven't entered to this membership. And I'm going to use the word membership right now, but we're, we're going to switch right. it a little later to something that we like more um, instead of membership, covenant, yes. uh, making a covenant or a promise mm-hmm. uh, as part of an allegiance to a church. So we're going to begin just with an example of the early church. And for many of you who don't know or haven't dabbed in a lot of church history, in, in the early church, coming to Christ was coming to the church. Mm-hmm. The idea of experiencing salvation uh, without belonging to a local church was absolutely foreign to the New Testament. You remember the first church began under persecution. So when individuals repented and believed in Jesus Christ, when they made that proclamation of faith, they were baptized as an outward expression of an inward change, and then they were added to the church body. And this wasn't a building. Um, many will conflate right. what's happening in the book of Acts with what we call churchianity in the South, where if you get bored, you start a church on a corner. More than simply living out private commitment to Christ, this meant, this is bigger, this meant joining formally, keyword there that we'll come back to, with other believers in a local assembly devoting themselves to all of the apostles' teachings. And then when we get all of the epistles together in our canon and we look at our New Testament, we see how often commands have everything to do with the corporate worship setting. They don't. Mm-hmm. Some of the commands of the New Testament don't even make sense outside of a corporate set of a corporate setting having overseers and that's why we've seen fellowship yeah yeah it's why we've seen over the last year the push uh at amelia baptist here to remain connected even when we couldn't physically be connected yeah be able to still have that body of believers in that fellowship it's very pertinent Um, to what's going on in a time where where churches were shut down for so long yes and you're waiting on several people to sort of make decisions to either rejoin or or continue living their lives uh for their own reasons in isolation or away from crowds and and now now that people are being vaccinated and moving on and now we are encouraging don't forsake the gathering sort of getting back to the text yes right and so there's evidence in the new testament that just as there was um, a list of widows eligible for financial support. There also may have been a list of members that grew as people were saved. We see this all over First Timothy 5 and Acts 2 to 18 and even Romans 16. When a believer moved to another city, his church often wrote a letter of commendation to his new church. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of this stuff is just literally filled to the brim in the New Testament church. So to forsake the idea of the Christianity is a corporate experience, um, that needs a bit of follow through. We're going to need some examples scripturally for, right. for takes on that. If we care about you and love you and want to know where you're coming from. And, and we know there are some good reasons why people might not want to be a part of a church. It doesn't mean they're the right reasons. And it doesn't mean they don't need to push past that. A lot of them might be former experiences. But there could be experiences and emotions tied to this. Yeah. So we don't want to be flippant with our language. We want to be biblical. Uh, we don't want to take for granted those experiences. We want to actually hear and help through those experiences. But we want to be loyal to what the Bible says. And the Bible says a lot about church membership, whether we believe it or not. Mm-hmm. It really does. So why bother with church membership, right? Yes. That's the main question. Look, I'm coming. I'm giving you my hour on Sunday morning mm-hmm. or my two if I'm part of a small group that meets at that time or one hour throughout the week. So many churches do this differently. Um, and I've been asked that question probably just as many times as I've been asked, you know, how do I know if I'm really saved? I think membership gets talked to like about a lot more in our circles. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's said with genuine curiosity. So people will be very adamant and they'll say, so explain to me what membership is all about. Other times it's with that tinge of suspicion. Do I really need to be a member? So tell me again, why do you think I should become a member? And here's the problem. The church needs to know this information. Yes. 
the congregants. Because when pastors say this to people, there's always a tinge of suspicion, I think. Because they think we're just at door-to-door selling. You're, trying to, you're trying to get your numbers we up. We get this and, sweet percentage. Yeah. And you know what? We've done that to ourselves right. with these goals that are centered all about numbers. And so I think good leaders make it about salvations. Good leaders about make it about growing the kingdom, but they're not talking about numbers all right. the time, and, and so people cl- feel a little weird. And about it's it. clear that we're not talking about church attendance here, right? Um, and that's that's the difference. We're not talking about a numbers game where how many people come into the you know church every Sunday. That's not right. what we're talking about. No, we're talking about a, a commitment. Oh no, a certainly not. In fact, if you look at today's cultural setting and you want to be a biblical church, you need to go ahead and remove the idea that the culture is just absolutely going to jump into right. the building and love you. And exactly. it's fair to say, if you're going to be loyal, expect slow growth or meaningful growth uh, in most cases. Um, so for many Christians, membership sounds stiff. Kevin DeYoung once said, when people ask him that question of should they become a member, they say it as if joining the church automatically signs you up to tithe by direct deposit. Um, and I love, I love that phrasing because it's so true. It, obviously, right. it's not true, but it's so it's true. Sad. They say it with it's that. It's sad and right. funny at the same time. <laughs> so why all the hoops? Why mm-hmm. can't I just love Jesus? Why can't we all just love Jesus? I find it very interesting, though, um, that when it comes to our career, when it comes to uh, how we raise our family or how, we, uh, or how we're a part of our passion, what we do for a living that matters so much to us, we want to do it the right way. Uh, even if it's installing a sink, we'll do it through YouTube channels. Like We want to make sure we do it the right way. And the Bible has these instructions for yeah. the church. But it, when it comes to the church, we sort of take a step back and we approach it very mystical and sensational. And we go, oh, well, you know, we just need to feel our way through this. And whatever works for you works for you. And no, that's just absolutely not true. There, there is a right way uh, to be a part of the body of believers. There's a right way to um, instruct your families and let the church equip you to do that. And so these are real charges. It doesn't mean that we're doing everything right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that any other church is doing everything right or better than another church. But we need to be thorough and make membership mean something again. So in a day where commitment is a rare commodity, it should come to us as no surprise that church membership is such a low priority to many believers. And that's really what's instigated our talk today. Mm -hmm. So to neglect or to refuse to join a church as a formal member uh, reflects a misunderstanding of the believer's responsibility to the body of Christ. That's our official sort of position. It also sort of cuts one off from the many blessings and opportunities that flow from this commitment. We believe that there are massive blessings attached to the commitment of being a part of a local body of believers. Um, We believe the Bible will come alive more. It will make more sense to you following it for your family, the accountability, all of that is placed within this context. And we believe that's why it matters. So before we move into a few reasons why church membership matters biblically for spiritual growth, and that's when we'll start moving the word from membership to covenant. We need to define it. Define it. Yeah. Uh, So we have an individual saved. He or she becomes a member of the body of Christ. Um, because he is united to Christ and the other members of the body in this way, that person is qualified to become a member of a local expression of that body of believers. So start looking at being involved or connected or loyal to a church as a expression of that body. So to become a member of a church is this, to formally commit oneself to an identifiable local body of believers who have joined together for specific divine ordained purposes. It really just means these, these things include re- instruction from God, 
serving and edifying one another through the proper use of spiritual gifts, participating in the ordinances, proclaiming the gospel to those who are lost. When one becomes a member of a church, he or she submits himself to the care and the authority of the overseers, not mm-hmm. just not just the Lord, but those who the Lord has chosen to lead the body of believers in that local setting and the ones that God has placed inside that assembly, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. And then as you come together in a unified setting like that, then you're the ability to reach out to those around you in the community, um, in your nation, and ultimately throughout the world mm-hmm. is expanded. You right. can do more together than you can by yourself. And people believe that. Yes. They'll say we can do more together. Right. In any other context, they'll say, well, you really can't walk through this alone. And, and I'll talk to people who I absolutely love and who, who just don't buy even into the attendance of a local body, let alone joining it officially. I mean, here right. we are, a step past that. And they'll say, well, that's why we have Christian friends and we're philanthropists. You know, we, we give to charities and we give to missions. And so they're knocking out all these boxes. Yeah. What we're talking about is a setting mm-hmm. that's provided for the New Testament church. And the direction and the commandments of the epistles are given to us in that setting. And that setting is impossible without these distinctions, these reasons why, when you become a Christian, why you must have effort and accountability within the local body of believers. So that's really what we're we're engaging. We're asking you to sort of expand your thought process here and think all of this uh, within a context of church membership instead of just saying, well, why do I have to sign a piece of paper? Oh, it's certainly so much more than that. Um, I am not a legalist, Yeah. first of all. Like, I don't think I am. I mean, I think everyone can be legalistic about certain things. I don't want to be considered some, you know, dusty old fogey who wants everyone to sign a piece of paper so that I have your address and I'm, I'm, I'm keeping all the congregants of my church. And you got Facebook. You don't, you don't need a... No, right, well, <laughs> need I'm, a like, exactly. Like, I don't need more correspondence <laughs> right. in this life. Yeah. Like, we're talking exactly. about, you know, treating our congregation like they're precious moments dolls. We're just collecting them. We're like, look how big we've gotten. That's not the attitude we're But from a out. biblical perspective, going back what we were talking about, you and I were talking before we even even went on air here yeah. about Paul, uh, you know, Paul, mm-hmm. um, after he became a believer, going back to Jerusalem, what's the first place that he went? Right. It was to the local body, the, the apostles, mm-hmm. the assembly. And, you know, from there, um, he then was blessed right. to go out and do that ministry. But yeah. he had that connection and that fellowship with, um, if you will, his home church there right. um, over you know, at Jerusalem there, um, you know, as we see him going around and starting different believers, he writes to specific bodies of believers, members of this and saying, you know, membership, this is why we're going to talk later about the word membership and how it's been misused. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really a covenant, but it's a group. It's a covenanted group of people mm-hmm. together with a common goal and a common reason and purpose that they're together. Exactly. And you can't get away from the purpose and talk biblically about membership. I mean, it's all wrapped up in it. So one of the first reasons why church membership matters biblically for spiritual growth, joining a church in joining a church, you make visible your commitment to Christ and his people. Um, Pastor Neil and I were talking about this a little earlier and we talked about old days affiliation that one of the reasons why membership is seen uh, so apathetically, um, where people aren't really concerned with the level of involvement in the local body of believers, um, or a lot of people, is because in the old days, um, you know, last 60 or 50 or 60 years, uh, church life, it was just an affiliation. Right. Everyone joined the church. Um, and in that, it became flippant. 
It became sort of meaningless. It took mm-hmm. the meaning out of it. It became um, as good as a YMCA or just a part of a social activity. There was so much socially happening. Yeah. Uh, I can even remember as a kid, um, and this is just in the 90s, of three or four or five things happening a week at the church. And you, yeah. you wanted everyone at the church all the time. And it became just, well, this is where we are. This is where we go. And it became more about this is where we go, not this, this is where we serve. Club. Right. Yeah. The difference between a YMCA and a church is you serve a church. Mm-hmm. And the church serves you. And so this, it's wrapped in Christ. It's not just aligning it or, or it's not a Costco membership. You're not yeah. doing it so you can walk away with big bags of things. Right. It, you know, I really need this exclusivity. No, we're talking about relationships and service. It's so much better uh, than a social club, but we're talking about a visible commitment that's necessary. And not only as an act of evangelism, but in a world where we are surrounded by cultural Christians, people who have no problem joining the church. And we're talking with people who don't even believe in Christ Jesus all the time. Mm -hmm. And in these settings, they'll say, you know, you Christians just give yourselves a bad name. You know, there's so many hypocrites within the church. And I'm like, of course there are hypocrites within the church. There are people within the church. Every church with people is going to have problems. So like the mentality here um, was expressed in a young adult class that we had recently. And I thought it was just so brilliant. Um, Someone was exclaiming why they had difficulty considering membership. It was a very honest, open conversation. And she was saying, look at these other countries. Right now you have the church growing in Iraq and you have the church growing in Afghanistan at rapid percentages. And it's happening under totalitarianism. It's happening under tyranny, evil. And they're being persecuted and they're suffering for their beliefs, right? And so as they're suffering for their beliefs, this is moving the church into homes. And she's basically, her line of thought is, well, if they're moving into homes because of suffering, they're not official. They're not joining an official membership in a church. Right. They don't need to do that. And if it's good enough for them, why would it not be good enough for the states? Yep. And, and we understood that completely. But then someone else comes in and they offer a very good perspective, in, in my opinion. Um, in this state, in this day and age, in, in this country, we're not suffering really because we're Christians. We're just not. We throw that word around, mm. but we aren't. We can freely worship we can freely gather. We can read anything we want to on Christianity. We can have a million different types of churches. We can have 30 churches from the beach to 95. We can have as many as we want. And I'm not saying that's going to be that way forever, but that right now, there's no risk. Yeah, yeah, there's no risk. There's no threat attached to someone making a proclamation of faith in Jesus Christ. And so we have to be very careful to first assume that's never going to happen. But second, the reason for a commitment or for someone to know that you're visibly committed to a body of believers can say that it might, might even be seen that's more important in a time without persecution in an area without suffering, that that's even more of a reason to say, no, I amidst this place that's not taking Christianity very seriously because yeah. there's nothing to lose. I actually want to make a proclamation that this is the flag that I'm flying, that membership is one way to raise this flag of faith and say, no, I belong to this body of believers and I'm proud of it. How often are we sharing things on our social network that have nothing to do with Christ? How often are we being vocal about something that has to do with Jesus? We're constantly having to battle that approval of man. I think that's the first step. I mean, that's even what baptism is. It's this outward expression of this is who I am now. The old me has gone down in the water and I'm coming up and And I'm following Christ. I'm raised to new life to walk in the manner of Jesus. 
And membership attached to the church, as we see inferred in the book of Acts, speaks to that as well and helps a believer persevere through the trials. It helps a believer walk out in the test of genuineness of their faith, as we see in 1 Peter 1. So in membership, you state before God and others that you are part of this local body of believers. And sometimes I think that we wouldn't all be clamoring for community if we had actually experienced it, because real fellowship is hard work because most people are a lot like us, selfish, petty, proud. But that's the body God calls us to. There's something to be learned in joining an imperfect fellowship, not looking at a fellowship and going, it's imperfect, I shouldn't Mm -hmm. join it. God's wanting to teach you through your failures. That means he's also wanting to teach you through the failures of others. And so it goes back to Paul's letters were written to individuals, only a handful. Most were written to pastors or overseers to speak and to read aloud to the what? Local congregations. So the whole context of the New Testament is wrapped up in this. And honestly, the like you said, having a church on every corner has complicated this definition of membership. Oh, sure. Because in the old, you know, back at the beginning, it was fairly simple. There wasn't a church on every corner. Right. Um, and so either you were a Christian and you were a part of this body of believers or you weren't right and so now we're at this point where we can just kind of slide in and out of different churches um and we define churches as a building instead of what's the church right and as we say here all the time it's the local body of committed believers that are teaching biblical truth and speaking of commitment the second reason making a commitment makes a powerful statement in a low commitment culture Mm -hmm. um many bowling leagues require more of their members than our churches do. Um, Where this is true, uh, the church can be a very sad reflection of its culture without proper leadership and dependence on the word of God. So ours is, and let's be honest, we live in a consumer culture where everything is tailored to us, where people want you to believe you're king and they want something exactly for you because if you believe that, you'll buy whatever you can Mm -hmm. to tailor it to your needs and to consume, right? So if a church is only priority, is to grow the church numerically, then they can do whatever they want to do to grow the church numerically. But the only goal is let's get bigger. Sky's the limit. And you don't really have to have conviction to do that. You can just put whatever you want out there. And when those needs aren't met, people can always just move on to the next product. I don't like how this camera's working for me. I've used right. it forever. I'm going to get another Discard camera. Discard it, try to Exactly. And so then there's nothing wrong with that. That's how you should treat cameras. Unfortunately, body of we're treating the local body of believers in the same way. I'm right. not saying there aren't good reasons yes. for leaving a church. There are right. biblical reasons when they stop preaching the gospel, for one. It's a pretty good reason to leave a church. But it should be a serious decision But one when the, you leave. There, exactly. Commitment thoroughly. Right. There needs to be thorough um, discussion, commitment. When you're joining a church, this is a lot to be said of why, uh, to why people struggle with the idea of membership is because the church has been so flippant mm-hmm. about it. You used to be able to walk up for years, decades, and some churches this may still happen. And if I'm stepping under your toes, email us and yes. I'll read it, I promise. And so we walk up to the front of the altar, we get saved that day, we get um, we put our name in, in a basket, and mm-hmm. our kids' names are in there, and you know how to contact us, and we can join the church that day, which as I get older just seems crazy Scary, to me. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't, I'm sorry, that's probably going to seem offensive to somebody. 
I'm sorry. It just is how I feel. Yeah. I feel like membership is should be serious. And right. the reason why no one wants to do it anymore is because you were able to join within that 10 minutes mm-hmm. and then not be there ever again. And no yeah. one would care or know. And so at that point, you're able to get baptized that day. There's just no discussion of seriousness attached to that commitment. So it's not just about being cared for. It's about making a decision and sticking with that decision. That leads us into our final point, And probably one of the most important points here is that church membership keeps us accountable. Right. Mm-hmm. And I love this, uh, this reason uh, because it's one of the main things I tell a new believer. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it, it's not um, dismissed from old believers. Everyone needs accountability. Mm-hmm. Every Christ follower needs accountability until the day they pass away and they are seen in judgment and they see the face of their father. They need accountability. Yeah. Um, one illustration I use uh, often when I'm preaching about this or talking about this in, in smaller settings, uh, I get the opportunity to teach Set Free by the Sea uh, Tuesday morning Bible study class. And right. it's one of my favorite parts of the week. And, and Set Free by the Sea we call them Set Free Church. Uh, Emily Baptist has a great relationship with them. Um, they deal with people who have addictions, uh, drugs and alcohol and several different things. And one of the reasons uh, for accountability or for membership that I use is accountability because when they leave Set Free, um, they need to find accountability mm-hmm. right away in a local body of believers. It's a life or death issue. It really has been a life or death issue. Well, why do we approach this with that's what they need? but not us sort of gives a very self-righteous stake of I'm not dealing with this kind of sin and I don't need the corporate body to know my name or to ask where I've been. If I show no interest during seasons of my life with the church or the mission of the church. Um, So when we join a church, we are offering ourselves to one another to be not only encouraged, but rebuked if necessary, corrected and served. And that is really hard for a lot of people, that level of vulnerability uh, when we place ourselves under leadership, mm-hmm. and, and if we've had bad experiences with church leadership before, uh, we're, we're typically a little hesitant to get back under that kind of authority, even yeah. though we see that in Hebrews thirteen seven. So we are saying in membership or in covenantal relationship with the church, I'm here to stay. And I want to help you grow in godliness. Will help? Will you help me to do yeah. the same? And those of you who have done our discovery class here and have joined in a covenantal relationship with their church know that when Pastor Neil, uh, you know, does the covenant, this is part of the questions right here. It's the last will one. Will you help me grow? And then will you allow me to help you grow? And he asks the church. I, I, you, can we commit to this together? Mm-hmm. Can we encourage you? Exactly. Can we pray with each other? I think it's just, it's such a really cool and a powerful emotional thing. And speaking of the discovery class, a lot of churches do this differently. Let me just tell you how Amelia Baptist does it. We wanted to call it Discovery Amelia, but we were afraid people would show up and want to parasail and uh, take like kayaking lessons. I and mean, we had a whole great <laughs> business plan with Passionale in a Hawaiian shirt, leading a tour at sunset. We, just, you know, and, and we wanted, we wanted church, people to but, come up here in life jackets and right. then just tell them, well, we're going to talk about our church for two hours. I feel like we can market that really well here. I but, think it'd be very hard. Yeah. So we've just called it the Discovery <laughs> class for now. And we meet two Sundays, two hours a Sunday. Yeah. 
and then you make a decision after that as we walk through the book. So it's different for a lot of people. We also didn't want to spend six to eight to 10 weeks. If you do that, if you really push getting people, um, I guess, uh, to the point where they're analyzing every single detail of your church before they join, that's your prerogative. You treat it as serious as you want to treat it. <laughs> um, this, we're that's, just talking how we do it. We're about two right? classes, really two hours, yeah. and it goes longer than that when the conversation is there. But the whole point is um, perfectly exemplified in, in what I believe uh, Mark Dever says in Nine Marks of a Healthy Church. He writes this, church membership is our opportunity to grasp hold of each other in responsibility and love by identifying ourselves with a particular church, talking about the local body. We let the pastors and other members of that local church know that we intend to be committed in attendance, giving, prayer, and service. We allow what he says here. I love Mm -hmm. this word. We allow fellow believers to have great expectations of us in these areas. And we make it known that we are the responsibility of this local church. Just as the body, this is first Corinthians starting on verse 12 in chapter 12 for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body through though many are one body. So it is with Christ for in one spirit, we were all baptized in a one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free and all were made to drink of one spirit. And here's where it really infers, uh, all of us being part of one body of believers for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And then he goes on and talks about the ear and he says, if the whole body were an eye and as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose is all under the sovereignty of the Lord. And if all were a single member, where would the body be? Right? So the Mm -hmm. body is affected by what the members do. It's a serious thing that involves a serious approach. And it just frankly on the church has not been taken seriously. And so the public and the culture isn't taking it seriously right now. And I would just love to see a revival of church loyalty and covenant Mm -hmm. and being a part of these local body believers. And then those local body believers working together in unison for the mission of Christ. That I think is the goal. Yeah. And we, and we wonder why, uh, the church a lot of times has been seen as hypocrites yeah. throughout the years. Right. And this is one of the main reasons um, is because do we, are we actually living out the practical biblical commands and teachings of Christ? Right. That, on, that really is the basis. That is really the question. And then mm-hmm. not only asking that of ourselves, but me being able to ask you and you being able to ask me and us sort of inviting people in to help us right. walk in Christ together. Membership matters more than most people think. If you really want to be a countercultural revolutionary, sign up for the membership class, meet with your elders, and join your local church. That really is our official position because we believe the Bible plainly teaches it. So any questions at all about that, we would be happy to answer them. I wanted to end our uh, broadcast this week uh, with sort of a reiteration of what you and Clay were talking about, about your upcoming movie project. Yeah, and um, actually (laughs) this conversation really just goes really well with what we're trying to do. Right. Um, Because we are talking about being the church. And uh, the project that Printer View Dells deals with uh, the hypocrisies uh, or the misunderstandings or misteachings that happen in church and why uh, just going to church doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's about living what Christ said right. and that accountability with each other, challenging each other yeah. uh, through that. So it's a, it's a novel on this that was written by a pastor, but with his heart really being that his congregation, that his flock would live out um, biblical Christianity. Right. And, uh, you know, that's through the way we treat others, the way we treat 
internally, church membership, yeah. and so on and so forth. So we're in the middle of fundraising for that mm-hmm. right now. Um, we really believe this is a, a mission story, a mission for our community, and that's why we're doing this. Um, right now, we're 6% funded to our $50,000 goal, and we have about 50 days left to get there. So anybody who wants to support us can uh, check out Noble Steed uh, Productions on Facebook or call Clay and I, and we can get you the link um, to the donation page. For and that. let's attach so, that link when we post yeah. these videos for the next few months. We have some great perks too, uh, yeah. different levels that you can donate on. You can get a great mug that says Noble Steed on it um, and some other fun Right, fun so you heard things. it here first. Uh, write that check for $10,000 and get your free coffee mug. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think if someone writes a check for $10,000 for a movie like we, this, we have some more perks you'll do that, more yes. for them for, them for that sake. But, but more than anything, you'll be contributing to something we believe yeah, Jesus and it, is all This about. is not about us making money. This yeah. is not about us you know, becoming famous is about us getting the gospel out. And that's what's most important. And let's do that together. Yes. Together being the key word. Thank you, Dylan, for joining us today on Amelia Baptist Roundtables. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week. We are praying for you. We are here for you. But more importantly, Jesus loves you. Thank you so much.